Let's open our Bibles to Isaiah 55. Everybody has a Bible? You're going to need one. If you don't have one, we can get you one. All right. I don't have any cool PowerPoint thing like Sam does because, frankly, I'm not very good at it. So it would take me weeks and months, and I just didn't have that kind of time. So today I want to talk to you guys about Isaiah and what he's saying here. And this is such good news, you guys. Isaiah 55, this is such a blessing. And I know that a lot of you guys know me and kind of know the story that has happened in my life. But, you know, God is always working. God is working in all of us. And he wants to work through every situation that we have and every situation that we're going through. God is going to reveal himself to us. The key is to be thirsty. And if you're thirsty for the Word of God, and if you're thirsty for the Lord, He's going to meet you where you're at. No matter what you're going through, no matter what you've gotten yourself into, no matter what your past is, this chapter qualifies you if you're thirsty. It doesn't matter if you're a Greek. It doesn't matter if you're a Jew. It doesn't matter. You just have to be thirsty. What a beautiful thing. And this is Old Testament Jesus has made the way for us. Jesus has made the way for us. And as we celebrated the life and the death and the resurrection last week, and we partook in who Jesus was and what he did for us personally, it's something that you can obtain and and something that you can grasp hold of. It's something that you can touch and feel. And the beautiful thing is it's personal. So let's read. 55 verse 1, Isaiah 55 verse 1. Oh, everyone who thirsts, come to the waters. And you who have no money, come, buy and eat. Yes, come, buy wine and milk without money, without price. Why do you spend money for what is not bread? And your wages for what does not satisfy? Listen to me carefully and eat what is good. Let your soul delight itself in abundance. Incline your ear and come to me here, and your soul shall live. And I will make an everlasting covenant with you. The sure mercies of David. Indeed, I have given him as a witness to the people and a leader and a commander for the people. Surely you shall call a nation you do not know. And nations who do not know shall run to you because of the Lord your God, because of the Lord your God and the Holy One of Israel, for He has glorified you. Seek the Lord while He may be found. Call on Him while He is near. Let the wicked forsake His way and let the unrighteous man his thoughts. Let him return to the Lord and he will have mercy on him and our God, for he will abundantly pardon. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor my ways, nor your ways my ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. For as the rain comes down and the snow in heaven, and the snow from heaven, and do not return there, but the water, but water the earth and make it bring forth and bud 
that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater. So shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me void. It shall accomplish what I please. And it shall prosper in the thing for which I sent it. For you shall go with joy and be led out with peace. The mountains and the hills shall break forth and sing before you. And all the trees of the fields shall clap their hands. Instead of the thorn, instead of the thorn shall come up cypress trees. Instead of the briar shall come up a myrtle tree. And it shall be to the Lord for a name, for an everlasting sign that will not be cut off. Father God, we do just thank you for this word. And Father, as I share, Father, your word is alive, sharper than any two-edged sword. It's able to divide the bone and the marrow. Father, it's able to meet us where we are. You, you send that water down. You send the snow to replenish the seeds and to give life. And Father, we pray for that life today. When I was growing up, I was raised in a Christian home. Um, very, very Southern Baptist family. Father was a deacon. We're church all the time. All of my memories as a young child was at church. And for those of you who have heard some of this, you know, deal with it. <laughs> uh, for those of you who haven't, I'm just, you know, okay, we're, we're going to uh, kind of go through this. But as a child, there was such a foundation laid in me as to who God was and the importance of God in our lives and how he works in our lives. And I saw it firsthand how God moved and changed things. But as I look back on my life and as I realize the impacts and the things that have impacted me in my walk. Obviously, I think of my wife, Pastor Sam, my parents, people who have poured themselves into me and called me when I was wrong and, and showed me and led me in the right way. But there's one person that when I think about the impact that was made in my life, there's one person who really stands out, and that is my grandmother. My grandmother was one of those ladies who her seven boys took care of her, and um, she basically took care of all of their kids, and I was one of them, obviously, one of the grandchildren. And so we were at Grandma's house all the time. And when we would show up at Grandma's house, there was uh, seven or eight of us cousins or whatever, but she always made us feel so welcome and so loved and so cared for. So much so that like if I was coming over and my brother was coming over to stay for the day or the weekend or whatever it was, she would make me an apple pie because that was my favorite. She would make my brother fudge. She would make my cousin, you know, banana nut bread. She was just a servant and a saint in a way that really impacts us as a 39-year-old man, I think back and I can taste and see the goodness of that lady in her spirit by what she did and how she served us kids and how she served her, her kids, never complaining. And there was always something on the stove, and I've told my wife this many, many times, you know, there's always something cooking. As soon as you woke up in the morning, 
Breakfast was being served. As soon as breakfast was done, lunch was on. It was just, and you wonder why all of the whaleys are like this big. It's because grandma's cooking was good. And that's just the lifestyle that we, we did. But such an impact, such an impact. And throughout her day, she always had the TV on, praise the Lord. Although at 4 o'clock, she would let us watch Popeye and the other things that were on. You young, young kids don't remember that and whatever. But she always had that on. And she always had a book opened. And whenever she was in between, she would sit in her orange, orange, orange I say orange, only Chazzy would know what orange is, orange, because he's from the South like me. So um, she would sit in that chair and she would open her Bible and she would read and she would have that Bible open. And she was the example to me of what a Christian was. She was the one who I saw in action day after day a life that was lived and set apart for God. It was a beautiful testimony. It was a beautiful thing. And then as a, you know, when we stayed over at Grandma's house, and I shared this on Thursday night, as we stayed over at Grandma's house, you know, sometimes we'd spend the night, and she would faithfully, very, very faithfully get down on her knees and by her bed, and she would kneel and she would pray. And of course, you know, we want to imitate Grandma. We want to be like Grandma. We want to be there with her. So we're down there on the, on the floor, and we're praying too. And it seemed like hours would go by, and she's still praying. And we would look over and say, Grandma, can I just get in bed? I'm really, really tired. And of course, she would say yes. And, you know, I thought about this when I was writing this down. Maybe that's how I get my kids to go to bed at a bedtime, in their own bed, (laughs) right? Sit down, kneel down, make them kneel down, and just start praying for everybody they know, we know. What, What a cool time spent, huh? And then they would eventually get tired, right? And just, oh, you're going to sit here and pray. Can I lay down? Sure. (laughs) Anyway, just. Side note, God gave me revelation this week, so honey, we need to start doing that. But I would wake up in the morning in Grandma's house, and it seemed like that woman was still right there. Because she started her day the same way she ended it. It was a beautiful thing. And it impacted me in such a way that I I never got away from it. When I was 17 years old, actually 18 years old, I waited till the day I was 18, March 28th. I basically quit school as a senior in the end of March, <laughs> real brilliant, and moved to California to be a rock star. With my band, we moved. And the whole time we did what we did out here and we worked as hard as we could to achieve that goal God was working in my life. That foundation that was there was always there. And even as I cussed and did all kinds of stupid stuff and, you know, was just a heathen dog, I would still pray to the Lord because it was something that was instilled in me. And one day, after three or four years or so, God met me through my wife. She says, hey, you want to go to church? Sure, I'll go to church, dressed up like us Southern Baptist people do. And we went out to harvest. I only had one suit and one tie and one you know, pair of slacks. And we went out to harvest, and the worship started. And I was mesmerized and changed. It's like, wow. Wow, I'm, I'm, this is what I'm looking for. And I remember where I was standing, and I remember what was going on. And I just remember God putting his hands upon me and saying, this is what I have for you. This is what I have for you. 
And all along, he was working things out. I mean, I was going to vocal lessons and learning how to sing on, you know, a secular manager's dime, having no clue that it was, it was for worship. And it wasn't long, a few months, before one night I was sitting up in what we called a lockout, which was our rehearsal space, and my band hadn't showed up because we were already rock stars, you know, at that point. We thought we were bigger than we were. And I was sitting up there alone with no cell phones, remember that? No contact, out in the middle of Silmar, in the backwoods where there was this garage that we rented. And I was sitting up there waiting for them to come and a couple hours went by and I, just getting frustrated and God said, so this is what you want? This is what you want? No, Lord, it's not. This is not what I want. I have something for you. I have something for you. Okay. I went home that night. Well, my drummer came in right about that time. And, of course, <laughs> devil, get in there quick, you know. Stop this crazy train. And I said, dude, I'm done. I'm done. We had just signed a demo deal with MCA Records. We were at the height of our career in Hollywood. I mean, we were doing everything that a band should be doing and going to places that a band should be going. But God has a different plan for me. And that seed that was sown and that water that was watered and all those things started to take root in my heart. I came home that night. My wife and I lived together. Uh, we were not married. We lived together. And I came home and I woke her up because it was late. And I'm like, hey, I quit my band tonight. She's like, what? Yeah, I quit the band. I'm done. And we need to get married. I didn't ask. I told her. We need to get right with God. We need to get married. Hey, baby, let's go to Vegas. <laughs> I mean... You know, I, I wasn't really, I mean, I have my foot in the church again, but I wasn't all the way in. But So I was like, hey, we're living together. We're going to be together. We're, we have to get right with God. We have to do this right. We need to get married. We had an option to wait a year and have a nice pretty wedding and all that kind of stuff where we could go to Vegas for $500 and, you know, get it all done. And we chose the go to Vegas route so that we could start walking with the Lord. God has a plan. God works things out. You know, and through our lives, we've been through some crazy things. I mean, my wife and I have been separated for a couple years. You know, business has gone very, very well, gone very, very bad. We've bought houses. We've lost a house now. We've done all kinds of things that striving after those things, just as this says, why do you spend your money on stuff that doesn't satisfy? We've gone out chasing the wind, and we've had success and done those things, but there's really only one thing that truly satisfies, and that's God. That's the Word of God in our hearts. That's the Word of God in our lives. That's the Word of God seeding itself and planting itself and starting to grow and starting to be nurtured by us. And as we invest and we put our time and our money and our energies and our lives into God's hands, He works things out in such a beautiful way. He's the bread of life. He's the giver of all things. And he allows us to go through certain stuff to grow us, to stretch us, to, to strengthen us, to allow us to come back and say, God, I was wrong. Help me out. What can I do? And he's right there. And as we see this in the scriptures and we see everything that happens with us, God is so good because he will come if we do what? 
if we thirst. If we thirst. There's times in our lives where we're seeking joy and we're seeking, I want to be happy, Lord. I want to I break free from these chains and these bonds and this world that's so upside down and these things that are just tearing me down. And I'm working three jobs, Lord, and I don't have a money to go buy a burger. What is wrong? What is wrong? Where does it go? What's going on here, Lord? And God says, I have something for you that's better than all of that. It's better than all of that. And it's free. The price was paid. In chapter 53, we find Jesus, the suffering servant, who paid the price for us to have this free water, this free wine, this free milk. And as you read this beautiful, beautiful scriptures, and as we are going to go through it right now, it says in verse 1, everyone who thirsts. Who qualifies here? Everyone. What's the qualifying factor? You have to be thirsty. You have to desire the living water. You have to want God. Really want God. Do you? Do you thirst? You might not thirst right now because you might have already, you know, been to Carl's Jr. and you have, I have your all thing and you might be ready and whatever. You might have a couple dollars in your bank account. You might be okay today. And if that's the case, that's okay. Because I can tell you what, you're going to thirst and God will be there. God is here. But as we read in a little bit, we need to do it while he's around. We need to catch him while he's available. Let's, let's read this. Everyone who thirsts comes to the waters. Now, what is the waters here? John 4, 6. Let's go there. John chapter 4, verse 6. I didn't mark my Bible, so I'm, I'm taking just as much time as you guys. On the tape, that'll be funny. 4 verse 6. Now Jacob's well was there. This is the Samaritan woman at the well. Now Jacob's well was there. Jesus, therefore, being weary from his journey, sat thus by the well. And it was about the sixth hour. And in verse 7 it says, A Samaritan woman came to draw water, and Jesus said to her, Give me a drink of water. For his disciples had gone away into a cloud to buy, into a city, into a cloud. <laughs> That's not there. Strike that. I went away into the city to buy food. Sensationalist guy here. In verse 9 it says, Then the woman of Samaria said to him, How is it that you, being a Jew, ask a drink from me, a Samaritan woman. For the Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans. And Jesus answered her and said, If you knew the gift of God and who it was that says to you, Give me a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. Jesus is the living water. When we read this, Jesus is the living water. So all you who are thirsty, come to the waters. Come to Jesus. And you who have no money, come and buy. You qualify. Come and get it. The price has been paid. Come and buy wine. Turn to Ephesians 5, 18. Ephesians 5, 18. The wine that we're talking about is right here. 
Do not be drunk with wine, for it is with dissipation. But be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another in psalms and in hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for Him the God, to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting one to another in the fear of God. Come and buy wine. Come and take in the Spirit. Come and receive the Spirit of God. Find Jesus if you're thirsty. Receive the Spirit of God. Take in all that He has and the milk. And 1 Peter says, 2 2 says that it's the milk is the Word of God. So we find Jesus because we're thirsty. We receive His Spirit in us. We say, I'm yours, Lord. Take me. Take all that I am, I'm yours. I give it all to you. And we receive that spirit. And then we start to drink the milk. We start to understand the word. We get involved in the word of God. And we understand, why do we spend money on what is not bread? John 6, 48, Jesus says, I am the bread. Why do we waste our time and our efforts and our energies on things that do not satisfy when Jesus Christ is the true and living vine? He is the one that will satisfy. He is the one that says, I am the bread of life. I'm the giver. I'm the one that gives you sustenance. I'm the one that takes care of your daily needs. I am the one who just takes care of you. And then it says, and your labor to what does not satisfy. Listen. Listen to me. Eat what is good. Eat the bread. Amen? Eat the bread. Touch God. Get involved with God. Give ear to me and come to me. Hear me so that your soul may live. Do you get a, a, a sense of passion that is coming out here? What are we doing? Come here. I got free water. I got free food. I got the life. I've got the living word. I've got everything that you need to sustain yourself. I have it. I have, the, I have it. I know where it is. Come, come, come. Do we do that? Do we love our neighbor as we love ourselves? Do we show the people that we come in contact with the living water? Do we reach out and touch them and say, come, listen, I have it. Oh, but I'm not thirsty right now. But when you are, come to me. Come to me. You don't have to have it right now. You're, you're not thirsty. That's okay. But if you're thirsty, come, come. I want to show you something. I want to show you the one who loves you so much that he died. I want to show you that it's free, that the gift of life, you can taste the water, taste and see that the Lord is good. There's precious, precious promises. Over 3,000 promises in the word of God for you and for me. They're not for people of the Old Testament. This is for you and for me. Isaiah 55. Praise God. He is good. And his mercy endures forever for us. See, I have made him a witness to the people, God says. A leader, David. Oh, I skipped one. Everlasting covenant, my faithful love promised to David. Verse 4 says, See, I have made him a witness to the peoples, a leader of the commandment, commander of the people. Surely you will summon nations and know not. And the nations that you do not know will listen to you. Because of the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, for he has endowed you with splendor. God has entrusted you with his son's gift. You have the gift of God. You have everlasting life. And it's able to be a 
abundantly poured out, pressed out, and shared with every single person you come in contact with. Is that amazing? We get so tied up in, man, I got a new car. Come out and check it out. Hey, I got a new house. You got to come by and check it out. Hey, I got it. 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 And what happens a year later? hate this house. It costs me too much. The taxes are ridiculous. You know, the floor's coming up. You know how much money I spent on that floor? You just put a scratch in it, kid. What are you having fun for in the house? <laughs> Go outside and play, but don't touch my plants. What are we doing? What are we doing? Instead of giving our kids the apple pie and the word of God and the legacy of a godly woman, of a godly man, I know that my Redeemer lives. I know that my Redeemer lives. God is good. He says here, let the wicked forsake his evil ways. Let him turn to the Lord and he will have mercy on him and to our God, for he will freely pardon. He will abundantly pardon. Now, guess what, guys? You might be saying to yourself, yeah, but you don't know what I've done. Mm -mm. All you have to do is taste and see. You have to accept the pardon. You don't have to take the pardon. There was a guy in Mississippi who was pardoned. He was going to the death chair. He was going to be killed. And he got a last-minute pardon, but he decided, I don't want to take the pardon. I, don't want the, I want to die. I want to die. And his case went all the way to the Supreme Court, and the Supreme Court said, guess what? You have to choose to accept the pardon. He didn't choose to accept the pardon, and he died. We have to choose the pardon of God. We have to come to the living water and taste and see that it is good. The mercies endure forever. The, the pardons are abundant, it says. Oh, but I just accepted the Lord last week on Sunday, and man, I went out drinking on Monday night. You qualify. Taste and see. The Lord is good. Oh, but man, I can't go to church. That place would fall down. Let the walls fall down. Amen? Come and see. We are so afraid as a church, as so afraid as a body to say, come. You who are desperate, come. I have the living water. Oh, but that guy's weird, or he's a drunkard, or he's a whatever. You know what? He needs the Lord too. Come. Watch God move in his life. Watch God move in your life as you reach out and touch someone who doesn't know the Lord. Just as Chaz said, let that thing flow through you. Let that water flow through you. Pour it out. Don't keep it all in. You'll end up dying and being bitter and grumpy and mean. Oh, wow, that's me. Hmm. Bitter and grumpy and mean. Hmm. And I'm teaching the word, but I want to pour it out. I don't want to be that man. I want to be who God wants me to be. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither my ways your ways, declares the Lord. Verse 8 says, you mean you don't think about that person the way that I do? You don't think about my sin the way that I do? You don't condemn me like I condemn me? No, I don't. God says, I don't. 
I love you so much. I gave my only son for you. What a gift we have. Why would we hold it in? Why would we not share this with the world? Why would we not be impacted to our friends that are in school and at work and whatever? And I don't mean you have to go and stand on the preach and preach it. Live it. Bake the pie. Ooh. Amen? The aroma draws you into the kitchen. Mmm, smells like cinnamon and apple pie. Smells like fudge. Oh, Lord, I need to come in here. What are you doing? Oh, I'm worshiping the Lord and making you a pie. Wow, I want to taste that. What a beautiful way to live as a Christian. Grandma didn't beat us over the head with the Bible. She laid it out and she read it. She showed us how to pray. She showed us, this is what I do. Because my God is good. I fell in love with her God without knowing her God because it was her God. Wow, she loves him so much. I, 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 I want to I get a part of this. The word says again that in verse 10, I'm sorry, verse 9, as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. God's so much deeper and so much richer and so much better than what our thoughts and our gifts are. As the rain and the snow come down from the heavens and do not return without watering the earth, and making it bud and flourish so that it yields seed for the sower and bread for the eater, so my word goes out from my mouth, and it shall not return to me empty, but will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which it is sent. Wait a minute. But that guy didn't get saved. Did you share? Did you bake? Did you walk by with the smell? Did you create a thirst? God's word doesn't go void. It's him that is doing that, not us. What are we to do? Do it. Bake it. Love on it. Drink it. Share it. I, I, you don't understand. Let me tell you something. While I was in that band for the three and a half years and just not doing what the Lord says, you know, my grandmother knew that I was going to preach the word of God. I don't know how. She told us. She told my folks, she told everybody, that's our next preacher. We already had one preacher in the family. This one's our next one. And I'm out, you know, in Hollywood doing the thing that you do in Hollywood, trying to make a name for myself and be David Lee Roth. If you don't know who David Lee Roth is, sorry. But that was my goal. I know. Dream big, right? He's bald-headed and, you know, whatever now. Anyway... That whole time, my dad would tell me, your grandmother's praying for you. Your grandmother's praying for you. Oh, what a peace that gave me. Wow. You know, in all of those prayers, she died in 1991, five or six days before my birthday in 1991. All those prayers were answered right about those times. My wife and I decided we were going to get married. We got married pretty quick by June 30th, 1991, June 29th, June 30th. Oh, man, I'm in so much trouble right now. <laughs> End of June, we got married. I think it's June 29th, right, honey? Okay, thank you. 
See what I was telling you? I know that. It's in there, man. I just... What's your name? <laughs> you served me for 20 years. What's your problem, man? I don't know. I don't know. She died without realizing that her, her grandchild had came back to the Lord and was starting to have God and let God work in her life. But those prayers, they were such an important part. We went back Christmas. It might have been Thanksgiving. I think it was Thanksgiving. Where the whole family was in... There was a few things that my grandmother had gave out that was in her house. She, I had made her something in like 1997 or whatever, one of those pottery places or whatever, a little jewelry thing, and she had it all those years, and she gave it back to me, and I have it in, in my house, and I have it on the counter right there. But my dad handed me this. And he said, she wants you to have this. This is the one that sat on the chair, sat in her lap. This is the one. This is what God can do. He can save a sinner like me and like you. And water and fertilize that seed that's deep within you. And bring out the glory of God in our lives. He will do it. He is faithful. All we have to do is thirst. Man, did I thirst for the Lord. Because there was nothing in the world that satisfied me then. And I continue to learn those lessons. I continue to do stupid stuff. And my wife and I are thinking, what, what do we do that for? What were we thinking? But God has always been faithful to say, I have you in my hands. I'm working in you, and I'm working through you, and you don't understand, but I do. My ways are not your ways. My thoughts are not your thoughts, and my thoughts are so much higher and deeper and better than yours. Verse 12, it says, You will go out into joy and be led forth into peace. The mountains and the hills will burst out in songs before you, and the trees of the field will clap their hands. Amen. Now, I'm an arborist, and I've been up in trees, and I've never seen a tree go like this. But I can tell you what. Praise God. There's joy in what we know. And when we spend time drinking that water and pouring ourselves out, it is honestly the best times of our life. Amen? I mean... Oh, but I was skiing down the Alps and da da da. And I was, everything was great and beautiful and wow, it was beautiful. But when one says, I believe, or you impact one and see years later that that person is serving God and you say, wow, wow, God, that was cool. God is faithful. He's doing these things. He's taking care of it so much so that we're going to burst out in song. Isn't time of worship a beautiful thing? Now, in our church, our pastor is a worship leader. was for years and years, and he still is, in my opinion. He's a worship leader. It's what he does. That's what a pastor is, is a worship leader. He draws us into worship, and he leads us through the Word, and we just fall down and worship because God is good. And it's amazing to me when we sing songs of praise, and, you know, I don't get excited when I worship very much, but... Just kidding. When... I was, that was really delayed. I was really expecting a little more than that, to be honest with you. I don't get really excited. 
I do get excited. I get so excited. I'm like, what's wrong? That's why I keep my eyes closed. Because if you're not as excited as I am, what's wrong with you? <laughs> you know, that's what I'm thinking. What? Can you not hear me? Do you not hear what we're singing about? Are the words not up? Nick, what are you doing? It says our God saves. Our God is awesome, mighty to save, powerful. Is he? We're singing words that are just beautiful to him. Have we tasted and seen? Have we touched God? How? Listen to me. I know where the word is. I know where the water is. I know where life is. We need. We need to love our neighbor. We need to love those. We have the gift of life. Instead of the thorn bush, a pine tree will grow. Instead of briars, a myrtle will grow. This will be the Lord's renown for an everlasting sign which will not be destroyed. This weed of a man, God changes to a root of a pine tree, to a stable, steady work that he's doing. And yes, he's pruning it, and he's shaping it, and he's fertilizing it, and he's growing. And he's wanting those branches to go far, far out and drop seeds on the ground, and drop seeds on the ground, and drop seeds on the ground. And the wind blows and carries the seeds away, and they fall way, way over there, but they start to be nourished by the word of God. They start to take root, and they start to grow. That's our life. That's what we're supposed to be doing. That's it. God, what do you have for me? Serve me. Love me. Taste and see and share it. Father God, we thank you so much for this just awesome passage of Scripture. Father, as we just envelop ourselves with your word, Father, as we submit ourselves and our hearts to you, Father, we accept the pardon. Father, I just pray, Lord, I pray with all of my heart that everyone in this room wants that water, thirsts after you. Father, remembers how good and how great and how awesome you are. Father, we pray that you would minister this week to those that are here. Father, we pray that you would answer prayers as we cry out to you, Father, you're faithful. Lord, we give it to you. We pray, Lord, that your will and your work would be done in our lives. Father, we submit in Jesus' name. Amen.